Hello, everyone, and welcome to Digital Roadmap, an old-school gaming podcast where we explore how the games of the past brought us the games that we love today. This episode, we're going to take a look at big, huge games, the company, not the concept, obviously, its roots, its growth, and its disillusion, and eventually its resurrection. This company has seen a lot of ups and downs, and we're going to jump right into it. Now, this episode is actually a very in-depth look at a single company as opposed to something that we've talked about on the show before, which is the growth cycle of a company. And really, that comes down to these companies grow, some team members split off and make their own companies, usually because they want to explore their own game ideas that they're not getting a chance to in a company as a whole. And then they grow, split off their own company, they grow, they split off their own company. It's how the industry has been around as long as it has, and it goes right back to the roots. Now, this is normal as they gain skill, as they gain confidence as developers. They really want to grow, and these companies only have so many resources at a given time, and usually they have designers at the top already who are kind of leading that direction. So really, splitting off is the most likely way to grow the way you want to as a developer. Now, sometimes it's not as nice, and they just want out. We've seen that a little bit of times in some discussions before, maybe... The marketing team or the publishers get a little too hands-on with the project and the developers wants out. Or sometimes as it goes back to really some of the very first companies that came out of the game industry, they just want more credit. The beginning of games putting developers' credits in the game itself actually started from a company that spun off because they weren't getting credit as designers and it was just the company name on it. Now with big, huge games, you can't just look at that company in itself, you really have to look at the history of what was going on around that time. One of the key players, Brian Reynolds, he was at Microprose at the time, and he was actually the lead designer on Civilization 2, or Sid Meier's Civilization 2, which will be very relevant in the next episode. You'll see the roots of the Civilization franchise as we get into it. And really, I mean, he was one of the key designers there, but they wanted to try and do some other stuff. They wanted to see what else they could do. So Microprose actually lost Sid Meier, Jeff Briggs, and Brian Reynolds. They all split off to form Firaxis. And really, they had control over their own games at that point. The best example of that is Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri, which is essentially civilization in space. And they, they did actually get the civilization name back eventually. They bought back the name civilization as the company grew because they were the ones doing the work of what we would know as civilization. Now, eventually, a group of Firaxis team members, along with Brian, they decided to split and form big, huge games. It's not because they weren't necessarily angry about what was going on. They weren't unhappy. But their goal was really to take their experience with the turn-based games that they've been making and try and apply that to the real-time strategy genre. And this is the foundation of why they split off. This is the foundation of what they did, what they did. And this is, of course, what led to Rise of Nations, which is going to be our focus on the next episode. Giving to charity is a good thing. Giving to charity and getting a game in return is an even better thing. With the Humble Store, you can do just that. When you buy from the Humble Store, a portion of every purchase goes to charity. It doesn't matter if you buy a single game, one of their game or book bundles, or their monthly bundle deal. Every purchase helps out a great cause. Humble includes a wonderful collection of new releases, indie darlings, and even the time-tested classics. Games like Orwell, where you serve as a member of a government surveillance program, deciding the information to pass up the chain of command? Do you ignore the context and make someone look like just an unhinged killer? Or do you ignore your instincts, even at the risk to public safety, just to make sure you don't give the wrong details? One of the classics that I love and I keep going back to is Fallout, the original. It's a post-apocalyptic game that launched the whole series. 
Can you find the water chip needed to save your people before time runs out? And I don't even want to get into the rest of the story after that happens. After you win your objective, there's a whole other story that pans out that's also very crucial. And as an added bonus for listeners of this podcast, if you buy anything after following the link in the show notes, a small portion of your purchase is going to be given to the show. This helps support the kind of content you're listening to right now, helps offset some of our hosting costs. So if you were looking for a new game or to get a classic that won't run off the discs anymore because it just doesn't run on modern systems, go to the Humble Store using the links in the show notes and get something for your donation. Now, one of the things about companies is that as they grow, as they get bigger, they often gain the interest of larger companies looking to expand and looking to grab a share of the industry that's already been established. With big, huge games, it was THQ that came knocking, and they picked them up while they were developing an RPG at the time. Now, that ownership was actually very brief due to the bad economy that hit. This was around the 2008 time. And also just a sign of what would eventually happen with THQ. They were slowly dying. They ended up falling apart and getting their assets sold off as well. 38 Studios was actually a new company started by a baseball player. And they bought up big, huge games. They brought them on board as an in-house developer and had them develop Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Now, this was supposed to be the start of a huge franchise. It was basically the world-building game that would lead to an MMO. Think basically what the Warcraft games did for World of Warcraft. But 38 Studios went under as well, mostly due to just not necessarily managing their resources properly. And that actually left the company name, the big, huge games name, as an asset that was auctioned off by the debt holders this whole crashing of big huge games this whole crashing of 38 studios and everything that happened there that's a story unto itself that someday we'll probably get into because it is incredibly fascinating on its own now during the course of the crashing of 38 studios brian and some of the team had basically spun off formed their own company under a very generic name but during the asset auction they came back and actually bought their name back so they essentially re-became big huge games and you had a lot of the original team there so it really was fairly bringing their name back to themselves and since then they've actually been applying their turn-based rts combination expertise their real-time strategy civilization style expertise to the mobile market and it's very much in the vein of that take the time build up a base and then the combat is more real time you've got an army that you send out after everything now it's it's Fascinating to see this because it is extremely rare to see a name come back to the creative team that built its reputation. I mean, in recent years, we've seen old names come back. Company names like Sierra, names like Black Isle, but they have nothing to do with the original teams that built the quality titles associated with it. All that brand recognition, all that brand value of that name is gone from that company. And it's just a shell of what it was. And at the best, the most you can hope for at that point is that it's just a holding company to release the old titles for modern setups, like what you do with GOG. So they get an actual cut of it instead of it just being something that comes back out. And so that's it for Big Huge Games. Thanks for joining this episode. If you want to reach out, you can do that on Twitter at Roadmap Podcast or come by the website, roadmappodcast.com. Feel free to suggest some older games that we should play. Share some of your favorite memories. If you have weird memories of companies that went under that kind of disappeared off the map, let me know. I love hearing those stories. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, really wherever you're getting your podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. If you're not already subscribed, I encourage you to do so. Now you have all the background you need for the next episode where we're going to be taking a look at Rise of Nations itself. It was a super ambitious game when it came out. 
and it's the crown jewel really of the work of big huge games in my opinion more so than kingdoms of amalur i see this as one of the best things that the company has ever done i've had a lot of fun getting back into it and come back then and thanks for listening <laughs>